Welcome to the Odessa Hispanic Chamber of Commerce podcast. I'm your host, Paul Garza, and on today's episode, we've got Mr. Alejandro Berrientos, owner of Curbside Bistro and new the new beer barn. So the last thing I wanted to chat with you about, and I don't know what this this is for you, so it may be nothing, but I one of the things that I so your your restaurant you've got um, art murals mm-hmm. drawn on the sides, and I think believe on the inside too, right? Yeah, there's a bunch on the inside. What um first first question is what made you think to do that and second question is do you have some sort of like connection to the art world yeah um so first thing is when we when we walked into the building that, that it used to be hash burgers mm-hmm. uh, so a lot of people remember that it used to be hash burgers but i'm a, a very big believer in whatever space you walk into whatever building or future whatever everything has a soul has a vibe mm-hmm. has you know it, it's whenever you go into other restaurants or other places in the city or whatever, I always looked at what makes this place cool? What what makes something cool? Yeah. You know? And it's usually the vibe, the soul. You yep. feel it. It, it, it. it takes you to a different place. Um, so that's what I, what, I, what I wanted to do. And we walked in there and I kind of felt like that place has been neglected. Mm. Uh, they put up a little bit of decorations, but it was kind of like and nonchalant, you know, just thrown up in there. Right. Typical burger place. And so I walked in there and I felt like the soul, like, hey, I want to be this beautiful building. I want to be, you know, a cool place. Uh, it was just calling out. I'm like, all right, what, what can we do? We win. And I'm, I'm kind of crazy. Uh, I talked to, I talk to it like, hey, you know, <laughs> what's going on? Come on, what, what, what do you want to do? And I'm yeah. picturing things. And I, I do that with everything, like even the stoves and the fryers. I'm like, all right, baby, come on, today, <laughs> you know. And, yeah. and, and because I, I see, like, I see is like the stove, the fryers, and everything else. Like a musician might see a piano. Yeah. If if you see a piano, if you don't know how to play it, you, you can go over there and kind of, you know, you, you're yep. not going to do anything. But if you know how to play a piano, you're going to make that thing sing, you're going to mm-hmm. make beautiful music. Same thing with the fryers, the flat tops. If you, you, you're you not a professional cook, you can go in there and burn everything you got. Right. But we I see it as my instrument. I'm going to make this thing sing. You hear it sizzle. And yeah. if you ever see, hear the sound coming out of the kitchen, it's like a song. You hear it. That's cool. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. So you start hearing all that. So. We went in there and saw the space, and I'm like, man, this would be cool right here. Some wood. This needs the grass. And, you know, me and my wife, we talked about it. And she's like, yeah, this would be cool. And she goes, why don't you contact this person for murals? And I, the first thing I did was look on Facebook for murals, local murals. Uh-huh. And so, um, and one of the guys that did uh, pinstriping everything else, uh, Jerry from uh, Midland, okay. I called him up. I'm like, hey, this room, I want it to be full of graffiti. I want, I want this room to be kind of uh, honoring our... Curbside show, you know, driving through the streets and when you drive through the streets, you see graffiti and everything Yeah, else. yeah. And we came from the streets and everything. So I'm like, I want this room to be just wild style, just to go ahead and bomb it. And I'm a big fan of graffiti. Yeah. Uh, I used to wear Echo Unlimited, saw all the graffiti yeah, stuff, okay. you know what I mean? And, and tagging. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so th- I saw a Facebook picture on your Facebook page with the, was it you? What was I doing? Like uh, like a school picture? It was incriminating. It wasn't me. No, with wearing like the Echo. Was that a picture of you or someone you're related to? I'll, I'll find it here, man. Okay, Keep okay. going. Probably. Uh, I'm, I'm a I'm, I'm a 90s like uh, hip-hop head. Because I like, saw that Echo. I was like, that can't be recent, right? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> so I, I'm, 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 a, I'm a, a 90s rap head. Like, That's not, Is that hip-hop. you? No, nah, man. That's okay. like my little nephew. That's your nephew? Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> we got him into all that stuff. He, he actually had a Master P chain. Like okay. The, the, the No Limit, the, the tank chains, you know? <laughs> and so he sees all the stuff that we do. Yeah, and, like, yeah. He thinks we're the coolest. And he goes, I want an Echo Unlimited jersey. Okay. We'll find you one. We'll find you one. So, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. And so he, uh, I, I'm like, dude, puppy, you don't even know. We used to listen to rap. We still listen to rap. Yeah. But like, you know, we went from that Wu Tang and from mm-hmm. uh, Biggie and all that stuff. So that's where all our style kind of in my yeah. wife too. And my wife's more Tupac and I'm more Biggie. Okay, okay. And so there's oh, a little rap. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but she listens to old school rap and we, yeah. we listen to, to rap and. Uh, she likes the graffiti and she likes the same style. So we, we kind of blend it up. And then, um, so that's where we did the murals and stuff yeah. uh, on the side. And then uh, the Anthony Bourdain one, uh, a couple, I saw that, I saw, they did a, a Marilyn Monroe closet door. Okay. And the way they did it was just beautiful. I was like, man, that's amazing. And so I messaged him, like, hey, you think you, think you can do this for Anthony Bourdain for me? It's kind of like a, a, a memorial piece. Yeah, 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 we'll do it. And they came down. They're actually from San Angelo. Okay. I think San Angelo. Uh, San Angelo, Abilene. Uh, they came down, and I'm like, how long do you think it will take you guys to do it? Oh, two days. I'm like, all right, cool. It, we're closed Sunday, Monday. They came in, and they knocked it out, and they stayed the whole night. <laughs> they, they stayed. Like, I was yeah. looking at the camera. I left, like, at around 12 or something. And then I'm like, hey, call me. I'll come lock up, whatever. It was like 2, 3 in the morning. One would be asleep. The other one would be painting and doing this. And the other one would go to sleep. And the other one would start painting. They knocked it out in a day. That's they crazy. Stayed, and that's the same thing. They said they got uh, motivated and passionate. And they kept yeah. adding. And every time they were going to gonna take a break, oh, you know what? We could do this and this, this, and this. And they, they, they just got they, caught up. Yeah, they yeah got I get it. Moment. And it, it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, the outside mural work was done by uh, my good friend, uh, uh, Deco, uh, his graffiti name, Deco Uno. Uh, he's actually from uh, uh, Juarez okay. when he was in Guadalajara. And me and my wife like to travel a lot and look look at, um, again, look at places. What makes this place cool? What yeah. is this? Get ideas. And we went to one coffee shop and had a huge mural, beautiful mural. And I've never seen a mural like this. It was The colors just popped and everything. I looked them up on Instagram, added them. Send him a message, hey, I need you to come to Odessa. I need you to come to Odessa. Yeah. And man, I maybe bugged him for like three months. And again, like, <laughs> like now we're friends and everything. But when I talked to him, he goes, dude, I thought you were trying to scam me. Like, that's what he said. <laughs> I thought you were trying to scam me. You're yeah, like, yeah. Odessa? He's like, yeah. That's the middle of nowhere. Why would I go there? It's like, so it was hilarious. But he came down and he he did the biggie mural, the, mural, the, the hamburger, the Aztec hamburger, mm-hmm. and then that big old face in the front. And then, and it's all the face and the uh, hamburger kind of have like the Aztec Mayan yeah. vibe, but the the bright culture of West Texas and yeah. So it was, it was kind of blending our heritage together and, and everything else. So he he did amazing. And then that Biggie one, he did that as like a thank you for me because uh, we we're at my house one night and he was doing some other work and we're just drinking, talking, and I was like, man, you know, I, you like rap? And he goes, yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, this is my favorite song. And <laughs> I showed him like, dude, I, I kind of want to get that tattooed and that'd be cool as a mural. And he's like, oh, man, I'll do it. And he showed up one day and he started just started doing it. And so that whole thing that it was all a dream. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. And again, that's that support that's supporting local artists. Yeah. That's that goes back to supporting local um uh bakers, restaurateurs, yep. anybody. I, I'm a huge advocate for for everything local. Um I can call them up and they can come in and do some amazing work. Uh people go in there and they, they get the phone numbers for their house or for anything else. So yeah, it's amazing representing local. It speaks a lot about, I mean, and, and I, I kind of figured there was more behind that because I think that, it, I mean, it says a lot that you wanted that kind of stuff on your restaurant because, yeah. I mean, it's your restaurant. That's your baby, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I can see a lot of people be like, no, I don't want graffiti on my walls because they like, but it says a lot that you you appreciate that kind of art because it says, you know, like where you came from. Yeah. You know? We, we, we treat it as our body. Like, I, I love tattoos. I love, yeah. I love art. I love all that stuff. So. And then it connects with people too, because they walk in and they see that they're like, wow. Like for the first year, 
we had the complete outside of our building blank except for our curbside bistro logo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was done on purpose. We didn't put 99 cent burger special. We didn't, right. you know, and we're on the fast food strip. So yep. we didn't put, you know, double meat cheeseburger. We didn't put, we didn't put nothing of that stuff outside. So if you drove by, you didn't even know what it was. Yeah. You just saw curbside bistro and we didn't even put, we're a restaurant. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> so we didn't put bar and grill. We didn't put anything. Right, so right. We wanted people to go in there with an open mind and just get blown away. Like, oh, wow. What, what is this? They saw the wood. They saw the artwork. They saw some of the decorations. They saw the food. Yeah. They saw the menu. They, they saw everything else. And it, it, it kind of blew them away. And so... Uh, we did that for the first year. Then I'm like, all right, people are starting to know about us. We can start kind of leaking a little bit of what we're on yeah, inside yeah. and outside. That's cool. And start putting it up. All right. Yeah. yeah. And then the art, uh, that came just as a kid, just loving art. I was always into art classes. I remember, um, I, I think her name, Ellen Noel from yeah. the Ellen Noel Art Museum. Yep. Uh, when I was at Ector, they had the budget cuts or something else. And so their oil and canvas class got canceled. Uh-huh. And Ellen Noel actually went over there and she donated on a canvas. She donated on oil. If you've seen oil paint, I, I guess it's really, really expensive. You yeah, know? oil, oil. That's a weird. I just saw a video about this the other day. Apparently, oil paint is very expensive. Yeah, I, I guess you can see where they cut that budget. Yeah, well, she, she showed up with for every class with a bunch of canvases, a bunch of oil paint, uh, brushes, and everything. And so she actually sponsored that class. And yeah, and that was my first time seeing somebody like from. That's not, you're not a teacher here, not anything, you know, right. you have nothing to gain from this because, again, we're students, yeah. you know. So I, I saw somebody doing something uh, with, for, with nothing to gain from it, just yeah. do it because that was the correct thing to do. That was the nice thing to do. And that, that always stayed with me. I was like, man, she made such an impact on, on us and some of those kids. And and uh, uh, so I was always into art. I always, even when I went to college, I, I, I took art classes and everything. I'm no good at it, but I like <laughs> But, but I appreciate yeah. it. But it makes me appreciate art even more because I'm yeah. like, man, you see it? The, the, the can control, the graffiti. Like, yep. He did the always. Oh, yeah. If anybody's ever tried to graffiti anything, like, oh, no, you yeah, find yeah. out real fast. You find out real fast. <laughs> you can't really watch that many YouTube videos off of that. Yeah. You, you actually need to do it. And most of the graffiti there, or most of the artwork there at the restaurant with cans, like all graffiti and everything. Right. So it, it, it opens up another dialogue of, man, is, is it really a crime? Is it, you know, is it. A crime of graffiti, but then you got these artists, and yeah, and uh, so yeah. that is such an interesting conversation. That you know, and I don't want to get too much on a tangent on that because so the nonprofit I do, the, the like a professional marching band we did over the summer, we're actually doing a show this year centered around graffiti. Okay. Um, up for and this may speak to you. This actually is interesting. It came from the idea of so I was a musician, I was an orchestra, mm-hmm. uh, orchestra and band in high school, mm-hmm. and um. I, the orchestra world is so interesting because you, people show up to concerts in tuxes and it's all, there's like a, you're supposed to clap at certain times and not clap at certain times. There's a lot of etiquette behind it. And um, my, a lot of my family don't come from that world. You know, like I, I'm close. Uh, My grandma, for example, still lives on Clifford Street, right? Right next to Clements. You know what I mean? And uh, I spent... I don't remember a whole lot of that time because we moved away, but I used to, you know, I used to live down there mm-hmm. and um, they're not, my grandma's not the kind of person to show up to an event where people wear tuxes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that the whole show came from this idea of, okay, how do I like take this world where I want to speak to people who, who are, you know, like living on the South side of town and because like graffiti, all this graffiti stuff, that's art. 
some people say it's vandalism and that's fine. Yeah. But it's a it's a different kind of art, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't think we talk about that enough. No. Well, it, it, it comes from um <laughs> it, it comes from a need of again the the hustler side of it. If you're into art and the only thing you have in art around is spray cans, you know, um, you're not gonna not do it. Right. You know? Again, we talked about canvases and oil paints being expensive. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's yeah. not every household has pastels and mm-hmm. has chalk and uh paint and a, a easel and everything to get down on. So what yeah, we, what it's, we see, it's spray paint cans and a yeah, brick wall. Uh that, that guy I was talking about, Deco Uno, the, the one that did the graffiti, he actually he actually got started because a local gang and stuff like that. Uh, they will recruit these kids to go. They give them spray cans and hey, go throw up our to go tag walls. Oh, yeah, go yeah. To go tag up our sets and go to go throw it up and everything. And he'd be like, all right, cool. And he'd keep a couple cans for himself, and so he'd go <laughs> do whatever they wanted. And then he'd go to another side of town and actually start practicing his art form and start, yeah. you know, doing everything else. So again, if we didn't have that, where would that art be? You know, right. and uh, and and a lot of the fashion that you see now in art world and everything else, it's all. Getting influence from the street with a streetwear. Uh, yep. Look, look at Gucci. Look at Versace. Look at all these brands, these famous brands. They all got some element of graffiti, the yeah. wild colors, the style, everything else uh, in movies and pop yeah. culture. How There's much a, is penetrated through pop culture and everything yep. else? And if it was, you know, if it was an art, then it wouldn't influence everything else. Yeah. There's a joke that um, if you want to see what. Uh, high fashion industry or like pop culture is going to do 20 years from now go see what Atlanta's doing right now because uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. like that's I mean that's what happens dude it's yeah. for sure it a lot of that you know leaks up so the the last I mean, uh, last last thing because no, it's kind of talking about something else I I am very 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 passionate about a teaching that's mm-hmm. a big deal for me I love being in front of students and, and being able to like help them I but the part of me that's you know, with the professional marching band thing I do, I mean, it costs money and, and we start getting into, you know, conversations where a lot of those kids are a little more, um, they've got more than, you know, I grew up with, yeah. right? Because it's expensive to do that. Yeah. So one of the things that I always try and talk about is I want people to, you know, see my skin color, for example, and be able to say, oh, yeah, like, okay, maybe I can do that. Right. And I think you're you're interesting in this as well, because like, I love this. Like you got tattoos on. I mean, I mean, it's people. There are a lot of kids and I there are a lot of kids and I know I've got I know people who, um, you know, they're they were drug dealers before and they 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 don't know how to you know, get, go legit. They don't understand that. And not realizing that a lot of what they're doing is the same thing that happens in regular business world, right? Supply and demand and how all that stuff works. I'm interested to get your take on this. Like, what would you say to someone who maybe, maybe a kid that's watching that, you know, lives on Clifford street? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? um, I've seen this directly. It's the street world in a corporate world or um, the business world, however you want to dictate it. It, it, it's, it runs the same paradigm. It, it sure it, does. It's, it's, it's the same thing, the hustle. Um, so so me being young and be, being in uh, the rap world and all that stuff, graffiti yeah. and everything, the, the rappers that we saw and growing up, Jay-Z, Dame Dash, uh, Tupac, Biggie, all, all, those, all those people that we saw. But one thing what they call like selling out and and the rap industry they call blowing up, you know, yeah. is the jewels, the, the, the hustling. Yeah. So they would say they're the best. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm the best rapper. I'm the best this, this, this. And, you know, the competition, blah, 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 and this. And they would become the best and they would sell the most and everything else. So that's the same thing we see in, in business is Coca-Cola says they're best. Pepsi says they're best. Yep. Same you game, know, right? Say, same game. Um, with the aspect of drug dealing and anything else like that, you're basically just wholesaling. What, what are you going to do? You're going to yeah. you're going to get the product. You're going to get the work. You're just changing the work. Yeah. Instead of being illegal, now I'm selling burgers. That's exactly or, that's exactly know? the point I've tried to yeah. make to people. Yeah. It, it, it's the exact same thing. Instead of fronting you know drugs or whatever, I'm fronting you this beef. It's going to go bad. Yeah. You know this beef. <laughs> you, got, you got three days to hustle this. Yeah. You know? with, with work or, or whatever, you got a couple more days, a little yep. bit longer. Um, but again, if you don't give them the money, you're going to get a little yeah. bit you know uh, more consequences. But again. This makes you actually uh, more of a hustler because you're dealing with raw chicken or raw beef or whatever it is. You got that got some expiration date. Yeah. Are you just gonna wait till somebody comes in here and cashes their check on the first or fifteenth of the month, or are you gonna go out there hit the streets? Hey guys, you know I got this product. I got these burgers. Hit social media. I start creating a buzz. Hey, we got the best burger. Hey, we got the best this, yeah. this, and that, or best taco, and start actually selling that like you would hustle something else. Yeah. And at, at the end of the day, it's all legal. It's all legitimate. You can actually start donating. You start giving back. You, you can, can buy actually a house. Hire, <laughs> you can buy a house. But to me, was the biggest thing was uh, you can start hiring your friends. Yeah. You can start hiring your family instead of your family going out there and looking for a job or your friends like, man, I can. I'll put you up. Yeah. I'll put you on. Let me put you on game. Yeah. You can work for me. We're gonna do this, this, and this. And then now you confront them to work. Yep. Hey, here's this beef. Here's this chicken. Here's this. Yeah. I need you to go sell it for me or whatever else yep. it is. And so you just duplicate it, duplicate it. And you start seeing that you're wasting more time running the streets, and you have you have way more to lose because you get caught, you're going to jail, you're going to. That's uh, it. Even even before you see jail time, you see lawyers. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's you putting lawyer fees up. Yep. You're stressing uh, your job, and then you have to get a job because now you're on paper, right? Uh, and or you're on probation, whatever whatever it is. So there's all these fees before you even go to jail, you know. <laughs> and people yeah. don't even think about that stuff. And then yeah. when you're in jail. Hey, nobody's gonna pay your, your rent. Nobody's gonna pay your wife, your baby mommy, your kids, your mom, your dad. Uh, most of them are from single families. And your your yeah. mom's nobody's gonna take care of your mom. Who's gonna take care of your mom when you're gone? You know. So that, that's that's a lot of things that we don't see. In, in hindsight, they just see the cash. They just yeah. see the positive side of it. But if they took a little bit, even of that hustler mentality that they had in the streets, and they applied it to a job, and I'm not even saying. Uh, it doesn't even have to be a business. Yeah, yeah I got I, you. I, it doesn't even have to be an entrepreneurship. If, if you hustle like that in your nine to five, if you start seeing like a, a better way to get copies or to run copies or to run this or that, or yeah. you start seeing flaws or start negotiating with uh, your vendors, or this is because your vendors are your, your pushers. You taking what they give you and you're reselling it. It's, yeah. just, it's the same thing. Uh, if you start putting that hustle mentality into your nine to five, you'll climb up that corporate ladder like crazy. Yeah. They, they, oh yeah. Corporate ladders. Big corporate places are all about uh, nickels and diamonds and selling. Like if you're able to save them a penny here, a penny there, a nickel here, a nickel there, you're saving them thousands, yep. if not millions, you know, company wide, and you can turn that into, you know, a professional career. So I, I think we need to stop looking at selling drugs or doing something illegal as our only way out. You know, I yeah, that's exactly right, and that, that's exactly my point too. Is I feel like there's a lot of people that. You know, there's a lot of like I there. I mean, I know, you know, they're 13 year olds right now doing that. Yeah, yeah, you know? oh yeah, and that's frustrating. Yeah, yeah, I see that all the time. And then I tell you, kids, these kids too. What do you want to do? 
what do you want to do? Yeah. I want to sell sneakers. I want to be a professional gamer. And this, this, and this. All right, let's oh, chat about that, all right? All right. All right. I'm like, I don't know nothing about that world, but I'm just, I'm just throwing <laughs> this out there. I said, I'm pretty sure you need a really good PC. Uh, you need a, yeah. you need a gaming chair. You need this, this, and this. Yeah, do you got it? No, why not? I said, look at your shoes. You got the, the, the Yeezys yep. or you got, you know, $100 pants on. You got shirts or whatever. I'm like, how you go? You have the Travis Scott brand. You have all this stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. How do you have all that stuff, but you don't have stuff for your gaming? Yeah. I said, you, you, then that's not what you want. Yeah. Then gaming is not what you want to do. Or reselling shoes or wh- whatever they want to do. Uh, I want to be a welder. Okay, well, have you talked to a welder? Have you actually been like, hey, let me go print this. I, let me go pick up metal pieces from the yard. I'm, if you want to get in, in the good graces of a welder or anything else like that, tell them, hey, I had this magnet that, you know, the one on wheels. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go clean up your driveway because you'll pick up nails, you pick yeah, up everything. Yeah. And that shows that you want to start from the bottom. You want to learn. Yeah. You know, and that's what they wanted to see is somebody with willingness to learn. Yep. But if you tell me, I, I want to be a welder, what are you doing this weekend? I'm going to go get drunk. I'm going to get high. I'm going to go party. Gonna... <laughs> yeah. Then you don't want to be a welder, man. Yeah. You know? Or whatever that's else that's actually something that I've, I've been thinking about lately. Is that something that I can, you know, in the position that I'm in now, is that some sort of program we can put together? I don't know. that Because there's there's so much opportunity there. I see so many, you know, I, I think about this a lot because I've got a family member who, who used to do that when he was younger. And he's smart, man. Super, super smart. And just never use that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. That's just kind of a weird tangent. You, but you, you, you have to be smart when you're, when you're out there. Yes. Uh, because not only are you dodging the competition, but you're dodging the, the, <laughs> you're dodging the bullets, the, too, the, right? The bullets, the police, the, no the legality. Kidding, and then they know how to... You all selling the same stuff. How can you sell more than other? This yeah. competition. All right, we'll put that in business. If you're selling tacos, you're selling... Because it's the, the same game. It is. It's all about the hustle. And if yep. you know how to hustle it, you know how to get yourself out there, put your product out there, then you'll be a success. But they, they don't see it as a way. So to close this out, again, thank you so much for taking so much time out of this. No, um, good, good. I like to give everybody a little bit of time. What do you got going on You know, that's coming up? Any events and stuff that you want to like promo out? Man, I... Honestly, I, I sometimes forget what day it is. <laughs> okay, that's fair. We, we, we got so much stuff coming out. Um, right now, we got that Beat Bobby Flay episode coming out in April twenty yep. second. Um, just follow our Facebook. We, we we do so many things, and we got some you've got events. you've got curbside bistro, and then the beer barn. Yeah, right? and the beer yeah. barn. Yeah, and the beer barn is our is our um, kind of like our pet project. I, I love Michelas. Mm-hmm. If you see my Facebook or you see me, you know I like to work real hard, but also like to have a good time, make Michelas cigars and drinks and stuff like that. But I, I've been practicing my Michelin recipe for a long, long <laughs> time and trying to get it right. And I kind of took it as that chef aspect instead of like, oh, you know, just make this real quick. Uh, most Michelin recipes you see is quick and easy. Here's a quick and easy. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. They never say delicious. Yeah, yeah. Here's a quick and easy chicken recipe. Yeah. And they never say delicious. That's so. me, though. That's yeah. the, how do I grill this chicken real fast? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. So I was like, all right, I want to make it delicious. So we'd, yeah. we'd, we'd, we uh, stepped out and best ingredients, best mm-hmm. spices and mixes and stuff like that. And so we finally got a product that I'm really proud of and I love. And so we started selling it as Michelin Mix. And again, that we can put our friends on. Yeah. We got some of our family members there. I got some of our friends. Um, whenever we're opening up, I talked to some of the local vendors. I, I got one of our friends, he actually makes beef jerky. He started making okay. beef jerky. I think I saw that earlier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A- AR beef jerky, shout out if you've seen this. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I, I called him like a month before we opened, like, hey, get ready. We're going to open a store. I want to carry your product. And 
that's taking a step from, you can't go to Stripes and go sell your product there. You can't go right. to 7-Eleven or DK or whatever, whatever. Yeah, those are much bigger decisions, right? Yeah. yeah. You can't go and sell it there. So how can you get your product on a shelf? How do you know the retail side of it? Okay, taking inventory, you know, um, logging everything in, doing the P&Ls and everything else. How can you get into that world unless you're actually in it? So I'm like, yeah. yo, if you got a product, I got a shelf for you. I got shelf space for you. So we got A&R Beef Jerky. We got Mr. Rim Blues. He does the Rim Blues for the beers. Uh -huh. He's selling at our store. Uh, we got a local place from uh, Seminole, and they come in with the produce and their snacks and stuff. So we're trying to create a place where small businesses can come in and sell their stuff just like you would a DK, a Stripes, or anything else like that. Right. Have a barcode scanner and everything else. I, where else can you say, yeah, my stuff is being sold on the store? Yeah. You know? So yep. it, it's, just, it's just a little stuff like that. And I hope it encourages other entrepreneurs to kind of do the same. Like, man, I want to get my stuff on your shelf. Yeah. You know, I, I, want, I want to get a little... A place on the aisle so what can i come up with what can i and then we both win if you do good i do good yep and if i do good you do good so it's partnerships win -win. right yeah yeah, yeah. I feel like we had this conversation last time right <laughs> yeah man it's super yeah. important so hey again thank you so much for coming in uh check out if you haven't already follow curbside bistro the beer barn um and ar beef jerky yeah, can i do that too yeah everybody um yeah man thank you so much for coming out and uh we'll see you guys next time awesome thank you for having me yeah Hey guys, thanks for listening in. Make sure you check Alejandro out this Thursday, April 22nd at 7 p.m. on the Food Network. Um, he's going to be on the Beat Bobby Flay Show. It's one of my favorite Food Network shows. So super excited about seeing a local face on the Food Network. Uh, make sure you check him out. And as always, if you're interested in joining the chamber or want to um, find out what we're doing over here, please reach out. And you can find us on our website at odessahcc.org.